Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, October 6th. The deal is done, and the next step will be the groundbreaking slated for 2024. We catch up with Mayor Jyoti Gondek following news that the Event Center Arena project has now been greenlit by all parties involved. We asked the mayor, what makes this deal the one? Next, we head stateside ahead to discuss the latest U.S. news making headlines, including the unprecedented removal of Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. We get the details from Jennifer Johnson, Washington correspondent for Global News. And finally, experts are warning Albertans to prepare for a looming strep throat surge this fall, with data suggesting it could be one of the worst in recent history. We speak with Calgary-based pharmacist Brian Jones about what makes this strep unique from the average sore throat. It's official. We finally have a new deal for an event center and hockey arena. And joining us to talk about that and all the latest news from City Hall, we're joined this morning, as we do every Friday, by Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. There must be some uh, very pleased folks at City Hall that a deal has finally been done. What details can you share with us about this event center arena deal? Well, yesterday we were able to make an announcement that the final agreements have been signed. Uh, Everyone will remember that on April 25th of this year, we announced that we had agreements in principle. And it's taken about five months, six months to make sure that all the components of those agreements were executed through contracts. So it was a good day yesterday to demonstrate that all four partners um, had signed the deal. And just a very big thank you to not only city administration, but for everyone um, involved on all four parties' sides for working so hard to get this done in the best possible way. Madam Mayor, we've been talking about the arena deal, the event centre, it seems like, for, for, for a handful of years. Uh, so it would be tough to review all of them. But if we were to take it back to last year, uh, at the end of the year, and in the last iteration before we got this deal done, and, and uh, congratulations, by the way, to you and your team, what is the biggest difference and what was the deal maker this time that got the check mark and the gold star? I think it was a few different things. I, I believe that the last time we did this in 2019 and then revisiting it in 2021, Um, We were constrained by the fact that there was a certain budget and we had to fit everything into that budget. So things were taken out. Um, We did not really put a lot of thought into the infrastructure requirements that the city was going to be on the hook for. We were very focused on just trying to get something through. And I think that's where things started to unravel. And for one partner to take on all the cost overruns, it became untenable. So this time, everything was on the table. We were transparent. Uh, between all four parties about what was needed and we were transparent with calgarians about this is the type of facility we need these are the ancillary things that will help the district come to life these are the public gathering spaces this is the much needed downtown community rink and let's not forget there's 300 million dollars worth of infrastructure improvements to help people get in and out of that area that are now included in the deal and that's where the government of alberta stepped up and said uh, we will contribute $330 million. So all of those things made a big difference. So in your view then, you believe this is a better deal than the original one for us as taxpayers? Uh, it absolutely is because there's uh, everything is clearly revealed to Calgarians. There won't be some conversation, you know, uh, a year later that says, well, we forgot to tell you that there's $300 million worth of infrastructure that we somehow have to fund. Now you know everything, you know who's contributing which amount, and you will be able to see a design, and we should see shovels in the ground next year. So it's been a very open process, and it's realistic this time. It is a very pragmatic project. 
shovels in the ground next year. And I know nothing is in stone, Madam Mayor, but uh, when do we expect or when do you uh, believe we will see this up and running? I'm really hopeful that it's in the early part of next year that we get to the construction phase, but it's hard to tell. I know that we're working on the design actively right now. So, you know, we, we just remain optimistic and hopeful that we can execute on things quickly, but carefully as well, because we know supply chain and logistics pressures and inflation means that we should move quickly. But I also want to ensure that we are doing the right thing. Uh, do you think that, you know, I mean, you're obviously you were part of helping to get this to happen but you know do do we are we going to be pleased as taxpayers in the end i mean it's a lot of money and it is it everything that that we could hope for for those i know there are some people who didn't really want it in the end but is it is it everything as a package that we could have hoped for i will say this the the biggest thing that people need to understand is that there will not be a collection of taxes for the city portion we have this money Um, available to us. We had set it aside when the original deal was structured. Uh, We were able to locate more money in reserve. So the money exists. It is not something that we will need to collect from taxpayers into the future. So that's the good news scenario. And here's the other thing I will say. We have a very big responsibility to make sure that we're providing quality of life to Calgarians. So we've invested heavily in things like housing affordability. We've invested in public transit. Uh, We've done a downtown revitalization those numbers are in the budget, the funding exists. At the same time, we need to make sure that we've got predictable and sustainable revenue streams for future. And with this project coming out of the ground, the development that will accompany it and go around it will drive the property tax dollars that can be then distributed throughout the city to do all of the important work that we do. I believe before, in other iterations, there was some kind of a, a, a guarantee or a clause that the CSEC would remain, you know, for example, with a professional hockey franchise like the Calgary Flames in the facility for 35 years. Is that provision still in place? Yeah, thanks for that question, Andy. It's absolutely in place. It is 35 years of goodwill that the team will remain here. Incredible. Important and amazing. I mean, it's been a long time coming and it looks like finally we've got it done. So that is great news. Um, Let's talk about one other issue we wanted to get to before we let you go, Mayor, and that's transit safety uh, and transit safety strategy, uh, creating safety hubs across the train network. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, we were um, fortunate to get a presentation at committee that described um, an integrated response and integrated dispatch model for transit safety. So we have uh, transit peace officers together with Calgary Police Service and security guards and outreach teams being dispatched uh, appropriately to the types of calls that are coming in. So, you know, it is absolutely a team approach to ensure that enforcement takes place where it's needed and crisis response takes place where it's needed. So that's a very uh, positive scenario and the hubs that have been created will ensure that there is a place for our officers and our outreach teams to converge as needed and be deployed to wherever an incident might arise. So a very thorough and well thought through process. And uh, it's an investment of $15 million that we will review during budget deliberations. We made it to the weekend, and this is not any weekend, any old weekend, Mayor. It is Thanksgiving. Uh, What do you have planned? What does Thanksgiving look like in your house? Well, um, there are a bunch of events going on tomorrow, including an Irish dance competition in our city. Uh, The Nigerian community is hosting a dinner, so I I will still be doing my civic duties, uh, but there is a meal being prepared at my (laughs) home. 
and I'm quite looking forward to that. What's your favorite dish? Stuffing. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, fair. Is, what's, All day is long. It secret ingredient? <laughs> for uh, stuff? No, just, just the entire package of stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the entire package of stuffing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that, that sounds like a good deal. And I got, we got less than a minute here, but I, we need the help of a pro. And you're the mayor, so you must have an answer to everything. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. You solve problems. Sue literally got off the plane from San Diego seeing Pink mere hours ago. It's true. She was told and informed that she has to host 12 people in her house. <laughs> Someone tells you last minute, Madam Mayor, you have to host 12 people. How would you pull that together? Any tips and suggestions for Sue? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, just reach out and say, I know people always want to bring something, and I don't want to deny you that opportunity. (laughs) No, you go ahead and and bring this dish. It would be great because I want you to feel like you're participating. That's generally a good way to go. I love that. Or two dishes and a bottle of wine. (laughs) I'm going to say the mayor told me to say that, and that's just the rule at my house from now on. Can you bring paper plates as well? (laughs) (laughs) And red red solo cups as well. Happy Thanksgiving, Madam Mayor. Thanks for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you and to all Calgarians. I wish you all a great weekend. Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek. U.S. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy was ousted this week in what has been called a, an unprecedented move. Joining us to discuss this and the latest news making waves stateside is Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. She joins us once again. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Sue. Uh, can you uh, walk us through this unique happening on how and why Kevin McCarthy was removed as Speaker? Well, as you said, this is unprecedented. This was the first in U.S. history that a sitting U.S. Speaker was ousted from his job. And basically what happened was 11 hardline conservative Republicans decided they wanted McCarthy out. After last weekend, he negotiated with Democrats to prevent the government from shutting down. Um, he made a deal with the Democrats for a short-term spending plan that carries the government or keeps the government open until November 17th. And these hardline Republicans um, who wanted to shut down because they wanted, um, well, a lot of different provisions, but uh, more money for border security and, you know, more restrictions on abortion in the spending plan, he... Um, decided to go the route of keeping the government open and that angered these groups uh this group of republicans they brought it to a vote and um and mccarthy was ousted the democrats did not protect mccarthy as they expected but they needed 11 republicans to vote to uh, get rid of him and they got 11 of them is mccarthy a republican himself yes mccarthy's a republican the house is controlled by republicans and as i said this has never happened before we're um, a party has ousted its own sitting speaker. Wow. This never has happened before in history, and so it was it was pretty shocking. But given you know, there's there's a group of MAGA Republicans in the House that want to run the show. The, the House is very divided. The Republican House is very divided. You have the the moderates and the conservatives, and then you have the hardliner. Uh, MAGA Republicans, and they basically took care of it for the entire chamber. Mm. Can you explain to us the process to replace Kevin McCarthy, and and what are some of the names, or who are some of the names being thrown around? So right now, the House can't function. It it isn't in session. It's been, um, basically, they've been put in recess for a week by by the House pro tem, um, who is the interim leader of the Republican um, House. Um, but 
so now the question is, who will they put forward? What what names will they put forward, and who wants to run for speakership? So, ironically, Donald Trump, you know, could become the House Speaker. No. Which is, he could. He has said he's not interested in the job, even though he was contacted. And his choice would be Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, which, you know, is a very, very controversial representative in the United States. Um, the two, two people who have said they are running are Jim Jordan, who is currently leading the House impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, and Representative Steve Scalise, who is not as hardline as the other two, but is pretty conservative and pretty controversial. Steve Scalise actually was shot during a um, House and Senate softball game mm. and mm-hmm. and survived the shooting, but he will not uh, agree to any kind of gun control legislation. So a lot of people have their questions about Steve Scalise, um, and obviously Jim Jordan is is also very controversial. So the Senate Majority Leader, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer out of New York, has publicly said to the Republicans, get your act together. And if you're going to put forth a leader that's a MAGA Republican, nothing is going to get done. We're not negotiating with, you know, if you will, the fringe right. I mean, one of the things that they wanted in the spending bill was that nobody in the Department of Defense, now in the U.S., the Department of Defense has many, many offices across the country, that nobody in the Department of Defense could get paid if they went into a state that allowed abortions. For example, in somebody working in Arlington at the Pentagon with the Department of Defense, Arlington, Virginia, could not get paid to come to Maryland, where Fort Meade is, where the the National Security um, Agency is, where Lockheed Martin, the biggest defense contractor, is. They wouldn't get paid. Like, these are some of the absurd things that they wanted in this spending bill. Politics is a bit of a mess in the U.S., isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's just like, how is the person of the Department of Defense not coming to NSA, like, and, and not getting paid? Like, it, it just, you know, you look at these things in the bill and you just go, what? Um, so, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess. And it'll, you know, so far, these three names, these three men have said they want to run. Um, or two, really, Scalise and um, Jim Jordan. But obviously, many in the country and the Democrats would like somebody who's more mainstream, who they can negotiate with, which was Kevin McCarthy. I mean, he had his own controversies, but he certainly would call the president and say, you know, let's sit down and talk about a spending bill, or, you know, let me sit down with the Democratic leadership of the House and try to prevent a government shutdown, which would have shut, you know, would have furloughed tens of millions of Americans without pay, including the entire U.S. military. Wow. I mean, that's how bad a government shutdown is in this country. The military does not get paid. I mean, these are people who really need their paychecks, you know, and so do government workers. They're not making a ton of money. These aren't the millionaires of, mm-hmm. of America. So if we're talking so, about, you know, MAGA Republicans, <laughs> Jennifer, that are sort of in charge in the House and they can have the House Speaker removed, basically, this is obviously the group that's trying to bring Donald Trump back into power again, correct? Definitely. I mean, Jim Jordan is one of Donald Trump's greatest allies. So is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, they, you know, they believe that Donald Trump should be back in the White House. There's a lot of people who believe that Donald Trump 
was behind a lot of what happened this past week. The person who kind of led the charge of all this was Representative Matt Gates out of Florida, who is a close ally of Donald Trump's. Mm. And so people believe that Trump had his hand in this. And, you know, it, it the we had Republicans, House Republicans in our piece a couple of days ago that were saying, like, our party got hijacked by 11 people, mm. which it did. I mean, so wow. it's it is I mean, I you know, I. <laughs> I keep saying in my career, I've never seen this happen. I've never seen this happen. I actually wrote the piece earlier in the day, my package, saying that he wasn't going to get removed. And around midday, I was like, it's going to happen. I got to, wow. you know, I didn't file the piece. I was just, you know, writing a draft. And I said to my producer, I got to rewrite this thing that he's out because I think he's out. Wow. And I, you know, never, like, it's never happened before. Amazing. <laughs> this one, it never been. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> if nothing else, it's exciting. Uh, I, want, I want to get this in quickly. I know we're uh, tight on time here, but I was kind of, this kind of surprised me. The Biden administration earlier this week announced they plan to expand the U.S.-Mexico border wall, despite President Biden pledging as a candidate that he would not, quote, build another foot. Why the reversal? Why the change? Well, we've had record numbers of migrants crossing over the border, 260,000 in September alone, 2 million in the past two years. And, you know, the Democrat governors and mayors um, are saying to Biden, we can't handle this. I mean, the mayor of New York City is one of his harshest critics because there's so many migrants coming into New York City. The hospitals are overflowing, Um, you know, shelters are, Chicago, too. Um, and so the Democrats are really getting angry with Biden for not doing enough and for not deporting Venezuelans who are making up the bulk of the migrants crossing over. So Biden is not only going to build <laughs> some part of a wall, um, but he's also going to start deporting the Venezuelans who are coming in here illegally. So it was a complete reversal, and a lot of people were surprised by that. Um, but it's not the Republican criticism he's getting. It's the Democrat criticism. And that's that's the that's the reason for the about face. A lot going on south of the border. Thanks so much for the update, Jennifer. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me and have a great weekend. Thanks you too, Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. Kids are back in school. We're back at it after a summer layoff. And it's cold flu season we have to be careful everywhere we go don't we folks experts expect strep throat to be a major issue in our province this fall joining us to discuss strep throat and what to watch for is shoppers drug mart pharmacist brian jones very good morning to you brian good morning to y'all how are you doing good good before we get to some prevention and what we can try to do to prevent ourselves what makes uh, and this is probably a technical question what makes strep throat different than a, a regular sore throat Well, strep throat is caused by a bacteria. Uh, A lot of sore throats are viral. So normally symptoms of uh, potentially bacterial strep throat are super sore, razor blade, blade, sore throat, hurts to swallow, red swollen tonsil, fever, headache. Some kids get nausea or vomiting, but there's no cough. There's no runny nose. There's no stuffy nose like a traditional cold would look like. Uh, Brian, is there anything we can do to kind of prevent strep, or is it sort of you get it if you get it? Well, certainly there is. Strep throat is spread through both respiratory droplets, so coughing and sneezing into the appropriate uh, armpit or uh, Kleenex or whatever you've got handy rather than your hands, and, of course, washing your hands. That's very important. Avoiding those who are known to have strep throat, um, so, you know, um, 
toothbrushes, um, if you happen to share a toothbrush, my goodness, um, kissing, close personal contact, those kinds of things would be high risk for um, passing strep throat back and forth. Are certain people or are, are certain age demographics more susceptible to catching strep? Well, typically we see it more in kids. Um, it's more unusual to see it in adults, but certainly uh, we've been having a huge amount of strep throat as of late, so we've been seeing it both kids and adults. Why is it, Brian, that we might see a, you know, a higher number of cases of strep? What, what, what is it sort of makes this happen? Are we just not paying attention, not being clean enough? I mean, or is there more to it than that? Right now, our positivity rate for strep throats are the highest it's been in a very long time. We're hitting close to 50% of people with sore throats end up having strep throat. Well, that's normally 20-25%. Some of the experts think the reason for that is because we haven't been around each other as much. We've been doing a fantastic job, and maybe not so good anymore, of washing our hands. And certainly social distancing, wearing masks, mm -hmm. those all played a big role in lowering the exposure to strep. Therefore, now we don't have a lot of natural immunity. Let's talk about the treatment. Would it get better on its own, or is this something that I need a prescription for? Strep throat may get better on its own, but it's actually really important to treat because there are some really terrible things that can happen from strep throat, to, from scarlet fever to uh, rheumatic fever. Those things can be very, very detrimental. Um, some of the older listeners out there might remember having rheumatic fever in, in friends, family, and it was very, very serious, so it absolutely needs to be treated. Thank you so much for letting us know, Brian, that that could be an issue, uh, something else to pay attention to uh, uh, for our health, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks, y'all, too. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Jones, associate owner, pharmacist at Shoppers Drug Mart in Calgary.